0: Welcome to the Sequoia Breeze podcast, a breath of fresh air for your homeschool. I am your host, Rebecca LaSavio. Today, I will be talking with Erin Emerson, one of our Clarksville homeschool teachers with several years of kindergarten classroom experience, as well as several years of homeschooling experience. She is here today to share her expertise in teaching reading. It's a difficult topic. It's vital for our homeschool that we are successful in this but it's a, something that can often cause tears for both child and parent. Hopefully, through this series, you will gain some tips and tricks that can help you have peace and success in this area of your homeschool experience. Welcome, Erin. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me, Rebecca. I'm so excited to be here. So tell us a little bit about you. I
1: am a homeschool teacher, and I also have 15 years of classroom experience in the kindergarten setting. And I'm from a family of educators. So I actually grew up in the classroom, literally. I love the experience of having hands-on classroom experience and also getting to experience homeschooling my own children, where we can blend and create that perfect balance that works for my family. And I hope we can share some tips and tricks that will work for your family
0: too really excited to talk about this. I have three older children who are good readers, but I still have a four-year-old (laughs) who needs to get there. And so um, I will be listening carefully as you are sharing with us. So I know today we wanted to start out with some of the basics um, about phonemic awareness. And can you tell us a little bit about what that means? Yes, that's a great question, Rebecca. So
1: learning to read has several parts. And one of the beginning pieces of reading starts at birth. When you're singing to your t- child and interacting with them, playing and hearing their coos, their ma-ma-ma, it's the beginning sounds of words. And then they hear your language and start to reproduce it. So phonemic awareness specifically means listening to the sounds they hear in spoken language. Rhyming is Another important piece of phonemic awareness, it's being able to isolate the beginning sound in a word, learning how to isolate the final sound of a word, and blending and segmenting sounds in words are all key elements of phonemic awareness.
0: And phonemic awareness is a very key, it's what we really work on with toddlers and preschoolers, so that when they are in school, their ears and their brains are ready To learn reading, correct? Exactly.
1: Zero to five is an awesome opportunity to do all of these skills in a playful, interactive way. And it's going to be immersed in their environment. So the more ways you can key in and use these little tools, the more they're going to be enriched by the experience and have fun doing it. Um, And it's the building block. So once you have the phonemic awareness in place, then we can build on those skills to then turn it into phonics and reading. So it's a a key element. You're exactly right.
0: So what are some good ways to, I mean, we all obviously speak with our kids. Some, I suppose, more than others. Our house is full of words all the time. (laughs) All of my kids. I know that I had a therapist once tell me that I didn't talk to my third child as much as I thought I did. (laughs) It's like, what do you mean? You're too busy. You've got all these other kids to talk to. You don't talk to him as much as you think That you do. How can we make sure that we are focusing on saying all the right things or teaching all the right sounds as they're going through those early years? You know, I had
1: the problem as a parent. I was highly aware that you want to have a language-rich environment that you're surrounding your children with. So if they're hearing the language, then they're going to be able to learn it and reproduce it. But I'm a shy and quiet person, actually. So I would find myself narrating throughout the day. I would be like, Oh, we're putting our shoes on. Here's your right foot. Now we're tying the bows. Because I don't have that internal conversation that some people are really great at chatting and like, oh, look at this and the sun is shining. And so I had to be very, very focused on trying to create a language-rich environment. It's very easy for me to sit down with a... Uh, a board book with my child and read and, and sing songs in that regard. But I know throughout the day, I have a lot of moments of quiet naturally. So I was constantly trying to find ways of just giving language all around us.
0: And at what age did you start to focus on maybe specific sounds, drawing the child's attention to those specific sounds so that they were aware that language isn't just words, it's individual sounds put together? That's an interesting question. So
1: some of my favorite ways to practice these skills are through songs and games, and we do it a lot in the backyard. So being outside is an awesome space to learn. So let me share some ideas, driving in the car is another opportunity where you have an uh, captive audience. So, okay, you're sitting here and you're in your car seat. What are some games we can play and do? So I think your question of when do you start explicitly teaching it? I think more for me, it was more of an organic experience of we have board books and I start to notice, okay, this book has all the words with starting with a B listen. So so I just said the letter, but it all starts with the B sound. So you see the bouncing baby. Bear, what, hear, what do you hear for each word? Buh, 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 Can you make the buh sound? And we just practice that uh, as we were hearing it in the books. Rhyming is another um, skill that is a natural phonemic awareness. If you're reading um, out loud a Dr. Seuss book, it can be nonsensical words, and it's fun and playful, but they're getting to hear
0: how words can be manipulated and changed um, and, and fun, hmm So sometimes as parents, it's easy for us to focus on the ABC song and teaching the alphabet. And do you see that sign? That's an A. Um, but what I hear you saying is that maybe the very beginning blocks are actually the sounds rather than knowing the names of the letters and being able to recognize the letters.
1: Yes. So zero to two, they're going to be hearing you speaking and manipulating the sounds as they're producing them too, as they're learning how to speak. Games and rhyming activities can be really great. You can rhyme around the table if you have older children. And when you get in the car, think of a word that rhymes with each person's name. So my name's Aaron. So I'd be Aaron Barron or Rebecca. Deca. Bebecca. <laughs> <laughs> My son's name is Max. He'd be Max Tax. So it's okay to come up with some nonsense words. Mm-hmm. Use a lot of read-alouds that have rhyming books from Dr. Seuss and others, and then point out the words that rhyme and have your child tell you when they hear a rhyme. You can rhyme when you kick a soccer ball in the backyard or playing games of toss. And we use rhyming picture sorts. So you can have a set of cards on the floor and see if they can find... Two
0: pictures that rhyme with each other. Do you start, is is this a phase when you might start with k, at? What does that sound? What does that, what do those sounds make? What word does that make? Or does that come a little later? I think I would do it a little later.
1: So okay. right now I think I would do things like sound awareness songs. So if you've ever gotten early songs by Raffi, Down by the Bay. Um, mm-hmm. So the kids can actually make mm-hmm. their own rhyme in the middle of that song. You want to sing a little, Rebecca? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Let's do it. So I'm not a singer, but I'm going to tell you when I taught kindergarten in the classroom, kids follow you. And it's like you're Mary Poppins if you start to sing the directions or have them do something. (laughs) So they really cue into singing. They don't care if you're not the best singer. No, they don't. So down by the bay goes like this, down by the bay where the watermelons grow, back to my home, I dare not go, for if I do, my mother would say, did you ever see a, and the kid gets to fill in an animal, and a word that rhymes, did you ever see a fly wearing a tie down by the bay, down by the bay, and it keeps going. Or there's um, willoughby, wallaby, woo, an elephant sat on you, willoughby, wallaby, wee an elephant sat on me Willoughby, wallaby Rebecca an elephant sat on Wallbecca. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to play and use your child's name into the songs because
0: then they're like oh that's about me I have buy-in this is legit right. and exciting yes and while these songs can often be are, are aimed at the littler kids I know with my kids that if, if nobody else is watching they'll my bigger ones will join in just as much yes <laughs>
1: It's really, really fun. Another one, I love Rafi. I think it's the um, Singable Songs for the Very Young. We listen to several times on repeat. Um, I Like to Eat Apples and Bananas is another oh, one. that's you, a great one. Yes, you get to manipulate the mm-hmm. beginning sound of words. They think they're playing and you're like, oh, we're learning
0: a new skill here. And just so everybody knows, that's a, when I like to eat, I like to eat, eat apples and bananas. But then you switch in every vowel sound. Yes. So you might switch it to ooh, which is one of the sillier ones that ooh, look to oot, ooh, look to oot, oot, ooples and bananas. Exactly. <laughs> and
1: it's fun. And they enjoy playing with the words.
0: And yes. And you just go through all those different sounds. So you might notice, I know have noticed with my kids that rhyming is a process, learning to recognize it, it comes a little faster for some than others, but um, sometimes. One of my kids has, it it took a while, and so they would say this and this rhyme, and maybe it was the first sound that was the same. It wasn't the end sound. Or maybe they didn't work at all. And you're like, well, or how about this? (laughs) And and rhyming can be a process, and that's okay because they're learning. exactly.
1: And um, your English language learners, this can be a very difficult skill. If you don't rhyme in your primary language, Mm. then um, it's hard for them to learn that skill in English. Not. It's harder, Mm -hmm. but they are definitely capable of doing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So just be aware of that. And even if you're making up nonsensical words in your native language and practicing the skill of rhyming, they can hear how the beginning sound is changing, but the rest of the word stays the same. And so that's just something to be aware Mm -hmm. of. And you're so right. It is a process. It doesn't happen immediately for Mm -hmm. all children. Um, Another fun activity I mentioned a little bit about was um, our picture sorts for phonemic awareness. So you can choose a few beginning sounds of words that you would want to sort. Find several pictures of words that start with the selected sounds and then have your child name each picture and sort them by groups based on their initial sound. This game can also be done listening for the final sound or the middle sound of words. For sound awareness, we are not using letters or written words for all these games. This is just about how things hear. And that's that's part of the phoneme awareness. It's how things are...
0: we hear the sound. So we may know it's spelled differently, but it has a A ah in the middle. And so we're going to put all of the things in the pile with that A, ah, even though we know some of them are O's and some of them are A's and it doesn't all. But we're just focusing on how it sounds exactly. and not worrying about the yeah, actual so letters. Yeah, so like the
1: word phone and fish could be phonemically sorted together mm-hmm. because they both say the f- sound at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I, that might be hard for you to hear how I said that in the microphone. It's
0: <laughs> I think, hard when I you think really we isolate those sounds. Um, as you say the f sound and the b sound, my mom was a kindergarten teacher for many years. And I know one of her pet peeves as people are teaching sounds was that it's not ma. Yes. It's not na. Can you tell us a little bit about that? That is a little hint for parents as they're helping their kids. And it's so hard. I'll even do it when I'm practicing
1: demonstrating where you're like, oh, I need to clip that off because what you're doing is you're adding a vowel sound to it and they really want to have a precise P where you feel the P pop off your lips instead of Puh. Otherwise, if you hear pa, that would really be a P and a U together. Or ma would be M-U or M-A. So we're just getting that M sound. Um, so it's really sharp. And some sounds are harder to be able to isolate just that one phoneme. If you can, practice that. We also have some cool um, resources through, I believe it's Peachy Speechy, can show you the articulation of all these sounds that we have linked to our homeschool helper as well. We can put them in the show notes. Perfect.
0: Thank you, Erin, for being here today to teach us about phonemic awareness and how important that is to be working with our toddlers and preschoolers as they are preparing to read. I know next time you're going to come back and teach us more about matching those letters to those sounds as they begin to put them together for their very first words that they learn to read. So I'm looking forward to that. Me too, Rebecca. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us today as we kick off our series on teaching your child to read with Erin Emerson. We're so glad you joined us and we look forward to being with you next time.